Alrighty, hello everyone and welcome to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians, that's uh, that's us, uh, dissent against popular ideas of culture, society, and we attempt to assert a profoundly Christian worldview. Thank you so much for watching us today or listening to us. Um, don't forget, you can go to trdshow.net, share that link with as many people as you possibly can. That would be fantastic. You can do a lot of cool stuff there. But my name is Bruce Johnson. I am joined technically in the wonderful state of South Dakota with my good friend, Joseph Lassiter. Hello. And as you can tell, he's remote. We're going to talk about that in a second. But we're also joined by my brother, Jacob Johnson, back in Pennsylvania. Hello. Yeah, so we've got the full crew here today. Woo! Everybody's back, which is awesome. Uh, yeah, Joe is remote because we had a crazy storm, and um, he was not able to get out of his house. So, you know, just snow mm -hmm. everywhere, basically. He's got 20 feet of snow in front of his door, and it was just... Yeah, they tried to barge it open with, like, one of those battering ram things. It just didn't work, so he's just like, you know what? I'm going to Zoom it today, guys. We're, we're joining through Zoom, so... Put, he they put have down the snow for a door now. They do. That's their door is snow because, well, the battering ram broke their first door. So, anyways, obviously. we're glad Joe could obviously. We're glad Joe could join us today, um, especially with this technology. Yes. this is a good thing they came out of twenty twenty. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? Yes. Not many positives, but that's one of them. <laughs> gotta stay um, positive somehow. Yeah, gotta stay positive, Joe. Thanks for bringing the positive spirit today. <laughs> um, Email us at trdshow at protonmail.com. You know, we got to get Joe out of that house somehow. So, you know, send us some emails about how we can somehow get our buddy Joe out of the house. Um, all that snow that he's in. So, yeah, we'd like to hear from you also. Or donate money so we can buy him a new door. <laughs> yes, buy him a, we got to buy Joe a new door, guys. Give us, you know, maybe you should buy a T-shirt or a mug or, or both so that we can go oh, and yeah. buy Joe a new door. How does that sound? <laughs> Sounds great. Awesome. All right. <laughs> um, if you're interested in hearing us do deep dives into some of the current events that we talked about on the show and also some other cool topics, you're going to have to follow us on our pro First Amendment platforms. That includes liking our Gab page, following us on our Getter page, going to Gab TV, going to Rumble, all the places that they don't censor you. Go to those places. And you can find those places, by the way, by going to trdshow.net. Following those links, you'll find some, you know, censorship-free stuff. This month, our theme is the realm and authority of Caesar. The realm and authority of Caesar. So what we're going to be talking about speaks directly to that. Um, but uh, we've got a few announcements that I want to make before. Um, but... I'll get to those in a second. I want to tell you guys, you know, what we're going to be doing today. We're back to our regularly scheduled program. So we're going to be talking about the current events. A lot of crazy stuff happened. Um, and we're going to be breaking down a lot of that stuff. Some of the current events that happened, looking at it from a biblical perspective. Um, literature of the month is God in Government Volume 2 by Gary DeMar. You can see it here on my shelf. And uh, we're going to be talking about, I think, what did we read this week? <laughs> what did I read? Chapter 5, right? We read Chapter 5. So, <laughs> um, yes, Chapter 5. There it is. We're going to be talking about Chapter 5. Before I get to that, though, next week, something huge is happening. Biggest um, announcement. Um, um. Yeah, build up the tension, Joe. <laughs> um, biggest announcement we've ever made on this show. Actually, that's not quite true. The April 7th event event was probably, we'll, t we'll take that. But, okay, second biggest announcement we've ever made on the show. We are completely... I mean, I, I would say it's the biggest announcement. Would you say? Because it's changing the entire format of Structure. the show. We're, I guess. We're, we're, changing, we're changing the direction you of where the show it. is. You just, you you know? just spoiled it, so... 
You know. Well, no, no, no. I didn't spoil anything much. <laughs> all right. You're going right. to talk about it anyways. <laughs> That's true. I'll right. let it slide. I'll let it slide. <laughs> but yeah, you heard it from Jake. We are completely changing our show format. So this is our last week with this current show format. So this is big news, okay? Our new structure, we talked about it last week and the week before. Um, it's going to be three days a week now. And Joe is over there smiling because he's like... I, I, we were talking about this a couple days ago, and he's like, oh, you mean exactly what I told you a few months ago we should probably look into doing? And I was like, oh, yeah, that. That's what we're doing now. <laughs> so we've all been brainstorming behind the scenes, but we had a lot of great input from the CrossPolitik team, from Gary Damar. So we really just want to give a huge thank you to them for helping us. But um, three days a week now, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you can get our content three days a week, not just Tuesday. Well, now it's not Tuesday at all. <laughs> well, you could listen to it on Tuesday, but there's not going to be a new show on Tuesday. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, half hour only, half hour episodes, okay? And they're going to be different shows depending on the day of the week. So might want to listen closer to this part, okay? Monday's episode will be where we discuss current events and the verse of the week. So that's Monday. Current events, verse of the week. From a biblical perspective, we're going to be talking about current events on Monday. Wednesday, we're going to be talking about the literature of the month. So we're actually going to be continuing the same book that we've been doing, but now it's just going to be Wednesday that we talk about that book. And then Friday, this is a really exciting part. Friday, we're going to be covering a topic of your choosing. So this is a brand new segment for us, a topic of your choosing. Send us some emails or message us. Again, go to trdshow.net, scroll to the bottom of the homepage, fill out the form, send us a message. We want to talk about what you have questions about or topics that you're curious about and you want us to address and study from a biblical perspective, right? So send us topics. We need topics. We got a list of backup topics just in case we don't hear from you, but we'll be really sad if we don't hear from you. So if you don't want us to be, you know, crying like live on the show, um, yeah, Jake's over there with the tears, right? If you don't want us crying live on the show, you know, it's kind of pitiful. So don't let <laughs> us look pitiful in public and send us some stuff to our inbox. How's that? It's a pretty good ad for that. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a few backup topics, so it's going to be a while before we start, you know, having to cry for that segment, but you know, <laughs> um, we'd still like to get input from you. So that's our Friday indeed, session. Indeed. <laughs> indeed. And you know, the sooner the better, because the more, the sooner we get it, the more we can dive yes. deep into that topic. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. The sooner, the sooner you give us that, the more um, research time we'll have in order to really figure out what yes. you really figure out the the details of whatever topic whatever topic it is. Yes, spot on. Yep, absolutely. So very excited. That's next week, starting with our whole new show structure. Woo! Very exciting. But before we, hey Bruce. Yeah, go ahead. Are you planning on do still doing deep dives? Absolutely. Anytime that we don't have time to get to a subject and we get requests, actually, we got a request uh, um, for Jake and I to talk about the um, pro-life bills that were put out by several states last week or the week before. So we're going to be making another deep dive about that. And uh, we might try to rope Joe into that. We'll see what happens. Um, but yes, we will be making deep dives, especially if you request a deep dive on a topic. So good question, Joe. Okay. Before we get to this week's content we need to talk about the verse of the week and this week our verse is proverbs chapter 3 verses 9 through 10 and it says honor the lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce 
Then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine. Again, Proverbs 3, verses 9 through 10. So this is a verse that I picked because it was in Gary DeMar's book. And, and this week we're talking about the tithe, right? And so what this is saying here, Proverbs 3, 9 through 10, honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce, right? So we should be putting God first with our wealth, right? The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And if we love our money more than we love God, that's a problem, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and as we're going to be talking about later today, God considers it theft. It's theft if we don't use our money for his kingdom, for what he's called us to use it for, specifically in this case, the tithe, right? So, you know, Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your produce. Then your barns will be filled with plenty. It kind of reminds me of that verse, seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you, right? Our main top priority is the kingdom of God, is funding that kingdom work, okay? That's where our priority should be. And I think this verse speaks to that very strongly. So uh, before I move on to the current events, anything else you guys would like to add to that? Nope. All right. Very cool. So, Jake, we're going to pass it over to you. Take it away, man. Yeah. All right. So, I have uh, my headline is impeach, Tom, uh, impeach Thomas with a question mark. How stems go there, but most won't. So, this is talking about um, Clarence Thomas, mm. right? Uh, Multiple Democratic representatives and others have been very open on their idea of either impeaching uh, Clarence Thomas or censoring him or even pushing him to resign. Wow. Um, over the sole fact that his wife has been very vocal about securing the 2020 election. <laughs> wow. So, so the reason behind their attack on him is because of something his wife said. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And and I in my topic for sorry, the biblical principle that I kind of want to go over with this one is uh I I want to make sure that we all understand that Christians are being prosecuted today. Hmm. And 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 this is shown in this. Um I know Clarence Thomas is a Christian. Yep. I've seen interviews of him, him claiming to be Christian, and him claiming to be a very open Christian yes. as well. Yep. Cath um, Catholic, but falls under that uh, that general umbrella category. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Actually, I didn't know he was Catholic. I, but, I'm okay. pretty sure he is. Maybe, don't don't quote me on that, but I, I thought he was. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty sure. Okay. Maybe he is. I'm not certain on that one either, but... Um, I think if we go to First Peter three nine through twelve, um, we'll find do not repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, hmm. but on the contrary, bless for though for to this you were called, that you may obtain a blessing. Hmm. And then for whoever desire whoever desires to love life and see good days let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit mm. let him turn away from evil and do good let him seek peace and pursue it yes but the eyes of the lord are, are on the righteous and his ears are open to their prayer mm. but the face of the lord is against those who do evil yes so 
that's that's really cool. And what I love about that verse too is it's it's demonstrating a putting off and a putting mm-hmm. on. You know, it's yeah. it's both. Like, don't speak uh, deceit, but instead bless right and when we talk about the ten commandments and all of that really in a very broad sense when we're talking about all of scripture we're talking about putting off but also putting on not doing this but instead replacing it and doing this right so sorry i thought that was really interesting that you brought that up so yeah go ahead yeah so this this verse is talking about not reacting in an evil way to those who revile us Hmm. this and this example with clarence thomas is a real world example that Christians are being persecuted. Yes. I, I also wanted to bring up another principle. Very and, cool. Um, in this instant, uh, it also brings to light that the opposing side does not want to hear a differing viewpoint. They know that, tr- and, and this can be found, don't know exactly in Romans, but somewhere in Romans it says, mm. for they know the truth, but they suppress yep. the truth in unrighteousness. Yep, we've referenced that verse many times. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. They do not want to hear the other side because they know we are right. Yes. Yep. So yep. that's what I wanted to bring up. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you, Jake. Really appreciate you uh, bringing that up. And um, yeah, there was. Uh, there was some interesting stuff going on with Clarence Thomas. Um, and for those of you, maybe there's people listening that don't know who he is. Um, I can give like a brief description. And then Jake, if you wanted to maybe just provide a little bit more on him or Joe, I see you nodding. If you wanted to a little bit as well, he's a, he's probably one of the, well, no, he's definitely the best federal judge that we have there right now. Not probably. No, he definitely is. Comey Barrett. We thought was going to be, Oh, cool. She might be good. No, no, she's, she's caved on too many things. Um, but Clarence Thomas, I mean, the dude is a rock. <laughs> he is probably one of the strongest uh, pro-life judges uh, who's also on the side of liberty. And um, I, I don't think we can ignore the fact that he is a Christian, professing Christian, and that that plays into his decisions, I'm sure. So anything you wanted to add to my description of him, Jake or Joe? Um, oh, go ahead. Yeah, either of you. <laughs> I did I did a little research and I did find he was um born and raised Catholic, but then yep. he left the Catholic and okay. was a Protestant gotcha. ever since he got married. My bad. Sorry about that. I uh That's all right. I'm gonna get sued. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I said I wasn't sure. Okay. So he's not Catholic, he's Protestant. Okay. That's very interesting. I watched you know, the Daily Wire did a really great documentary on on his life. Um and uh, th- I thought that was really well done. And clearly, I've forgotten a key detail of that. So I think the, the last time I watched it, I think it was probably before April of last year. So it's been over a year. So I think one or two details slipping from my head is okay. You know, I got the gist of it, you know. <laughs> so, okay. Very cool. Um, anything you want to add before we go to Joe? All right. Sweet. Thank you very much, Jake. Joe, take it away. Well, I figured since we were talking about the realm of Caesar and what Caesar truly owns, why not bring up the mask mandate being um, all gone off of the airports? Ooh, and, I love it. And how Biden, how Biden was trying to bring back the mask mandate onto airplanes. Hmm. But um, there was a bunch of 
airlines had released a statement that's saying we're not uh once the uh mask mandate was done they were like no we're not going to go back to making our people wear masks again mm. a lot they're they're only saying that they'll allow uh their flight or those who want to fly are it they're still able to wear a mask if they want to wear a mask but they're not going to force anybody to wear a mask which yeah. is kind of great yeah well it is really great <clears throat> but anyway american's largest airlines this is coming from the well, um news article that i found um american's uh largest airline released statements on monday um indicating that they will no longer enforce the Democrat President Joe Biden's mask mandate on airplanes Ooh. and at airports after a federal judge in Florida ruled that the mandate was unlawful. Yep. Love it. Did you see those it clips really of all those people where it was announced in the plane? People are ripping them off, cheering, clapping like crazy. Like, did, did I see did those? not. Oh. Dude, those clips just warmed my heart. I'll tell you what. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was cool to see that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was great to see that we no longer have a mask mandate on yes. airplanes or anywhere. Now, um, they did state that when you go from one place to another, if the town, city, county has a mask mandate, and yep. they will still have to abide by those rules. But the right. airlines in of it themselves no longer have the requirement of having to wear a mask on Love the it. airplane. Well, I mean, the the airports themselves were probably the least restrictive because when whenever we flew, we would on the plane, it was the most enforced. Yes. But when we got into like the airport, yeah. it, it was it wasn't enforced at much at all. They may have been having signs up or like a voice, the the voice thing on the PA system. The recording, the ominous disembodied voice that tells you to be a good little boy, wear your mask like daddy says so. (laughs) Yeah. And, but I mean, I, I can see a lot of people like getting away with, um, being able to not wear a mask in, in the airport. Yeah. But, Yep. Still, to to the point, that's not the Roman authority of Caesar. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Precisely. And, you know, what we're going to get into with the literature segment kind of relates directly to that because <clears throat> when the church is not the institution with the money, when the civil government is the institution now with the money, the church is no longer able to do what it needs to do, and the civil government takes on those responsibilities and then some, Right. Because absolute power corrupts, uh, and where power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. So the more power you give to that institution that was never supposed to have that power, it takes it and runs. You give an inch, it'll take a mile, you know, and that's what it's done. And a large part of that, which we're going to talk about in the literature segment, is because Christians, A, are not stepping up to the plate and telling civil government, hey, biblically speaking, you're not allowed to do this. And B, churches are not taking the responsibilities that they are supposed to biblically speaking, and going into these areas, uh, such as taking care of the poor, such as kingdom building, working on helping to fund places that are building a parallel Christian economy, those sorts of things, right? Civil government now is taking it upon itself to do everything and to lord it over 
all of these people and all of these other governments that now they're the one in charge, right? They're the, the large bully in the schoolyard now. So yeah, that's, uh, but going back to Joe's article, that's, that's some really good news, dude. Thanks so much for mm-hmm. sharing that. Anything else you wanted to add? No, that's, I, that was my only news source article today. All right. All right. Well, <clears throat> we got about 10 minutes left. So this is actually like perfectly timed um, before we move on to our literature segment. So I have two articles and really I'm just going to name one of them. The other one will be linked in the description along with Jacob and Joe's articles as well. So check all of these out, read them for yourself. Um, and if we missed anything that you'd like us to talk about in a deep dive or whatever, send us an email, look through the article, quote some stuff, send us an email. We want to hear from you. Um, here's my headline, school surveillance. Balancing student safety against student privacy. Um, There's also, I'll read the second headline because it gives some context to what I'm about to say. The second headline is Gaggle Knows Everything About Teens and Kids in School. There's a program called Gaggle that we're about to talk about. Go ahead. What's Gaggle? Yeah, I'm about about to break that down. Um, It's kind of crazy. I had no idea this was a thing. I mean, it makes sense, but it's weird. (laughs) Um, Schools are further taking upon themselves the responsibilities of the parents, right? I mean, they've basically become the parents now, and we've let them. Parents have let their children be taken in by these schools, and they've transferred their responsibilities over to another entity, namely the civil government, to now take those um, responsibilities and use them on their own children, right? So the schools are pretending to be parents. So... It follows that they should be the ones who help take care of their mental state, right? If they're the parent, they're going to try and do the whole job of the parent. They are installing on their students' laptops software that allows them to view everything students are doing and saying online. Tools like Gaggle, and Gaggle is a software tool, um, it's being used to view things that they chat about Um, In addition to viewing their emails and everything within Google's G Suite, now it's called the Google Workspace, everything within Google Workspace, there's a lot of things. Look up Google Workspace, you'll see all the things that are included in Google Workspace. All of that is now tracked by this school through a tool called Gaggle. Also, Microsoft's uh, 365 products, so they have a whole suite of lots of other tools uh, and and common software like Google, or uh, not Google Docs, it'd be Microsoft Docs, Jakey's is... Uh, Microsoft 365. Microsoft so Word. Microsoft but Word. There I, I it is. Use Thank Google you. Google Docs. Okay, mostly. Google Docs. Yeah. Well, both I of those. The, I use the word um, Microsoft Word. Okay. Or Microsoft 360. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, Gaggle is being used to track all of those things. And here's okay. There's one upside. They are filtering out pornography, which is great on these kids' laptops, which is good. Um. But they are also deciding from a non-scriptural worldview what kind of speech is acceptable or not. They're the ones making these decisions on whether what these kids are saying and writing about and whatever they're doing, browsing, searching, watching YouTube, um, all of that, they are making the decisions on whether that's biblical or not. Now, they're taking a, a... uh, a mental health aspect to it. So they're saying that, oh, it's for mental health. We're looking for people who are going to commit suicide or, and their top thing is, we're looking for people who are going to shoot up our school, right? We're looking for students that catch them ahead of time if they're making plans online to come in and shoot up the school with a mass school shooting or whatever. This will catch them, right? That's, that's I, their I find it excuse. interesting. Do you, do you think uh, 
a student would use a school laptop yeah. or machine to do that. There's some pretty because the not school smart doesn't give out, out phones. Yeah, well, you some know? of them do it. Well, I don't know. They give out iPads. I know that. I don't know. Yeah, if it's right. But more likely, they'd be texting with a phone. Yeah. Well, if if they didn't have a phone to begin with, like say sixth grade, fifth grade, I really don't think they would be trying to communicate to. Yeah. Yeah. Have a terrorist attack on the yeah. schools. But, you got a sixth grader um, coming in trying to <laughs> shoot up the school. I think that may have happened before. I'm not positive, but oh, okay. I, it's been some and, pretty young ages. Case, <laughs> but some some kids who are sixth graders don't have phones. So yeah, I, if if people yeah. don't have phones, they would use their laptop, which right. kind of makes sense. But then again, it doesn't all at the same time. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. and the issue here is they. To me, yeah, all right, you could go down that rabbit hole. You can decide we're going to, you know, we're going to take away their privacy rights. Um, and actually, there's an argument being made in the article over whether or not kids have privacy rights, which is an important debate to have, but debate for another time. Oh, if you want to hear a deep dive on that, let us know. We'll do a deep dive. Hey, there we go. Plug that in every once in a while. Um, but I, I think the bigger problem is not how do we stop this in the schools. It should be how do we get the kids out of the schools? <laughs> how do it, Jake's over there like, yeah, I saw this coming. <laughs> you know, how do we help parents homeschool their own children? What needs to be done to get parents to a point at which they are able to homeschool and educate their own children? You fix that problem and this problem goes away, right? Yeah. You don't need to infiltrate their privacy if the schools don't exist in the first place, right? <laughs> um, you know, one downside, additional downside, is if that wasn't bad enough, one additional downside to this. Um, kids are now getting used to the fact that someone is looking through all of their private data. And they're okay with it now. They're okay with someone going through all of their private data, going through everything that they are doing online and viewing it. Who's not a parent? by the way, right? They're okay with it. This is a quote actually from a college student who um, had gaggle on his, his school required him to have that on his laptop when he was going through middle school Here's and high school, I think. Uh, but here is his, uh, a quote from him. A college student whose middle school used gaggle told BuzzFeed News that the tool taught them that they would always be watched. And then he, he said, I feel like now I'm very desensitized to the threat of my information being looked at by people, they said. So that's kind of scary because now you're setting it up for when the civil government now is looking at all your stuff, right? Any normal person is going to say, no, I don't want the civil government looking at my things. That's none of their business, right? That's not, that's not their job. They don't have a right. I have a right to privacy, right? But, I mean, yeah, it, go ahead. It, it totally fits. Like, they don't care about convincing us, right? They care about convincing the children that yep. we're just handing over to yep. them, right? Yeah. Spot on. That, that's crazy. That's crazy when you, when you put it into that light. Because at first, you're like, oh, they're, they're just trying to protect the schools right. and all that it, you can you can justify it in your own way as much as you want but then but then when you bring it to that fact it's it, it then becomes real and a little bit scary yeah terrifying yep absolutely absolutely and it's 
And if you think about it, that's just how an, another way the government can control your life. Mm, yeah. And they're getting because you used now, to that at a young age to mm-hmm. them controlling. Yep. Yep. I mean, what was what was the famous quote from Benjamin Franklin? If yep. you give up a little security, no wait. Little bit. If you if you give up a little bit of liberty for security, you deserve you neither go. security nor, no no freedom or liberty. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember it all. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Freedom. Give or up yes. a little bit of freedom for security. You deserve neither. Yep. Yeah. Yep. It, it's crazy to think that we're with that mindset, with the the schools being able to come in and take a look at what you're surfing on the internet or yep. emails. You are giving up that security, and you're giving up your freedom. So. Yep. Or you you're gaining fake security. <laughs> right. Yeah. For yeah, yeah, yep, yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. Nice. Well, censored security. Yes, exactly, exactly. You feel safer because oh, they're watching all my friends, so that's good. Glad they're gonna catch him if one of them turns out to be a homicidal maniac. Yay! They caught him. Woo! At the cost of all of my freedom, <laughs> all of my privacy, all of my rights mm-hmm. go out the window just to catch one hypothetical potential killer. Who wouldn't even be there, by the way, if the schools didn't exist? Okay, there we go. Had to get that in there. Okay, so, <laughs> all right. Anything you want to add before we move on to the literature of the month? We are right on time. Yeah. It's awesome. All right. Man, just as I was getting used to the to the current format, we're changing it next week. All right, all right. Well, at least now I'm prepared for the half-hour segment that we're going to start doing next week. So, yeah. cool. <laughs> all right. Bruce, it's to, okay. to speak on that a little bit more, it should be nicer for all of our audience who, like, yes. do- doesn't have the time to sit down yes. and listen to an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, Absolutely. yeah. You know, now now y'all can watch a, watch 30 minutes. Yep. Then, then you get another day of 30 minutes. Woo. Then you get another day of 30 minutes, yep. you know? Yep. Don't, don't got to watch it all in one sitting. Perfect. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, that was our main motivation behind this. Gary DeMar was like, drive time, guys. Drive time. Think about drive time. <laughs> People's in a, somebody's in a car and they got a half hour drive. Can they listen to your whole episode or not? Well, now you can. <laughs> All right. Moving on to the literature of the month. Uh, we're going to kind of keep with the same structure that we used last week. And I'm going to pull out some quotes and pull out some themes. And we're just going to have a discussion about it. So everybody's got to got a list of quotes that they really liked from the book and we're just going to tie it in that way so um like i said before we're reading god and government volume two by gary damar um this week we read chapter five so i'm going to kick things off the first subject that i'd love to discuss with you guys is the purpose the purpose of tithing okay And, and just one quote from page 291 that i think kicks this off well is one of god's most neglected commandments is the requirement to tithe Our failure to tithe leaves the church of Jesus Christ without a financial base to carry on God's kingdom work, end quote. So is there a a quote or something you'd like to add to that conversation? What are your thoughts on that before we move on? Yeah. So, I mean, literally, I, the, the kind of like a quote that I have, um, is literally the title of this chapter is financing the work of God's kingdom. Mm. Right. And, and the, purpose of the tithe is so that you can finance the church and what it's supposed to be doing from a biblical standpoint. Yes. Um, 
We know that the church is meant to help families when they need help with homeschooling and stuff like that. Because when we're saying that families need to homeschool, we understand that there are certain situations in which they they can't, they have a hard time providing, right? Mm. And and yeah. um, you can't, the, some materials are more expensive than others. And, and so the, whenever the family needs help with some of those things, the church is to be there to help the families in, in continuing with homeschooling, mm. but, yes. but also that, and, and not specifically homeschooling, it, it depends on the situation. Again, there are multiple different situations inside of the church that happen that, and that's yeah. kind of up to the church to decide, um, if that person needs money or if they need other help mm. besides money. Yes. And, but, but also, um, other situations that the Bible tells us about are providing for the poor, right? Yes. It's not the government's job to provide for the poor. It's yep. the church's job, right? And, yeah. and this and we're gonna is get, how they have. We're going to get more into that a little bit later. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. And you know, so this is how they provide for that with the tithe. Yep. Spot on. Bruce, with, with that quote that you used, I kind of took the entire, I took a little more of that quote. And Ooh. so I took the next, um, ver, or I was going to say verse, uh, the next sentence on. <laughs> and it says, so I'll, I'll read it all over again. Our, our failure to tithe leaves the church of Jesus Christ without a financial base to carry on God's king, God's kingdom work. Where God's people started schools, colleges, voluntary self-help agents, orphanages, and hospitals, mm. the, t the state has assumed the responsibility tax-supported education from preschool to university level, <laughs> federal yep. departments of health and welfare, and state-run orphanages and hospitals. Mm. And, and that kind of goes into the what Jake was saying is we need to be, our churches need to be um, more influenced into the homeschooling Yes. Um, or helping with other schools, or um, even orphanages and hospitals. Mm. Think about that. Why? Yeah, it, it would be interesting to see that come out as yep. well. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, and we're going to get into a lot more of that uh, a little bit later as well. So yeah, really good points to bring up, guys. Thanks. Uh, thanks for that. Um, you know, as a second quote that really ties us together really well is from pages 297 to 298. And it's a little bit of a bigger one, but it lists four reasons that the tithe is important. And so I just want to go through that because I think it's, it's good to kind of set that up. Um, so it says the purpose of the tithe is one, the tithe is a reminder that God owns us, that God is our father, king, and redeemer. Two, the tithe reminds us that God is the source of all we have. Three, the tithe is the means for financing the work of God's kingdom. Our goal should be the reconstruction of Western culture, and this takes money. If our main political and economic problem today is the huge, impersonal, ever-expanding bureaucratic state, then we must be prepared to take over many of the state's activities. And that was from uh, Rush Dooney and Powell in their book, Tithing and Dominion, which I actually have here on the shelf. It's a really good book. Um, and then four... The tithe is to be used in caring for those who are in immediate need because of certain economic setbacks, end quote. So that was what Jake and Joe were talking about, you know, taking care of the poor, all of that kind of stuff. And, you know, on page, I think it's page 98, he continues to talk about 
what constitutes someone who is in immediate need because of economic setbacks, right? Talks about what is the poor, what is the widowless, who who are the poor, who are the widowless, what does that actually look like, and then how can the church actually address that? So that's really good to look at. If you have the book, go to page 298, and um, he talks more about that. So one last quote that I wanted to talk about before I ask for your thoughts is... Um, page 305, Gary DeMar says, if every pro- uh, professing Christian would tithe, every congregation would be free of financial worries and could begin truly to be the salt of the earth, as we've talked about in Matthew 5.13, which is actually the verse of our show. So if every professing Christian would tithe, every congregation would be free of financial worries and could begin to truly be salt and light. So what are your thoughts on that? I very much agree. And I can, um, from this past week experience, I've actually had somebody ask me, where does it say in the Bible or where does it command us to tithe in the Bible? And I had to show them exactly where it it says, but a lot of churches don't realize that tithing Mm. is a requirement. And hold that thought because that's our next subject. So. Great segue. Okay. Great segue. Well, you asked for comments. I I did. I was going to give you my comment. That was really good. (laughs) Jake, anything that you want to add? No, I I, I do have another point that I do want to bring up, but um, we'll see if it it comes up a little bit later because I don't don't want to, you know, say something too early and then, you know, we're (laughs) going out of whack. So I'll I'll wait till that comes up a little bit later. But yes. I do agree with this point. I, I love this point. And it really shows like, okay, the tithe for us was always something that was just like, oh, you tithe. It's something you're supposed to it's do. What you but do. Yeah. This, this is really showing us the importance of it in that it's not only required, but it it's the main ingredient to furthering God's kingdom. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yep. In order, well, sorry, in order for the church to further God's kingdom. There we go. Yes. Yeah. Love it. Yep. Really good point. Um, You know, on on page 291, he says, there is no way to battle humanism's destructive effects unless Christians develop and financially support institutions to train future generations of Christians in the whole purpose of God. And he draws that from Acts chapter 20, verse 27. So, you know, he's talking about education here. Unless Christians develop and financially support institutions to train future generations of Christians to be kingdom workers, right? To to apply all of scripture to all of life, unless that's the church's priority. And, and really, that the point he's making here is that can't be the church's priority if they don't have the money and financial ability to do that, right? Because that does take money. Um, so that's our goal. The church's goal should be to develop Christians now that go out and transform the world for Christ, right? That they push the kingdom across the entire world, that they apply scripture to all areas of life. And that's what the church's job here is, but they can't do that unless they have money to do it, which is where the tithe comes in. Um, So yeah, I think, I think we've, we've talked about that, that subject pretty well. You know, what is the purpose of the tithe from a, a broad thousand foot view overview of kind of what it is, right? Not really getting into a ton of the specifics, but what I want to move into now is, yeah, it's okay. These are the things that that it can do. 
do we still do we do we need to use those though or there's probably other ways why don't we just figure out other ways to do it well here is um gary damar talked about in this chapter that it is our call from god to tithe and um, so I want to talk a little bit about that. So he brought up Malachi chapter three, verse eight, and that says, will man rob God? Yet you are robbing me. But you say, how have we robbed you? And then God responds in your tithes and contributions. And that's Malachi three, verse eight. So there, ro- God considers it robbery from him when we are not supplying the financial necessities of the church to go out and grow his kingdom. It's robbery when we're not supporting that, when we don't give money for that. And then um, just one more verse I'll throw in before I open up the floor is Genesis 28, verse 22, which says, and of all that you give me, I will give a full 10th to you, showing the proportion, the amount of money that God is is asking for, right? So I thought that was, that was really interesting. And that's Genesis 28, verse 22. So or that's that's Abraham that. speaking, right? I believe so. Uh, don't quote me 100% on that, but I, I think it is. <laughs> if somebody wants to look that up, that would be cool. Um, any other thoughts on that, though? Jake, anything you'd like to add? Um, not really. Um, I do. I do like that there that we have this scriptural backing to it. We're not just saying statements without yes. that. Obviously, we we wouldn't be saying something that unless we could back up really scripture. thought it would it was backed up by yep. scripture. Yep. Um, but yeah, I again, I I think pointing that out, and I have in my notes saying that Mr. Demar points out that not giving tithe is tantamount to stealing from God. Mm. Yeah. And and that's like that's big, right? Because <laughs> we wouldn't do that at least we wouldn't think of doing right that, you know yeah i mean but, you talk about the 10 commandments and you're just like well i don't steal you know right well do you provide financially to god's kingdom do you give right. to the church the money that god has given to you ah sometimes sort of do well that's stealing, that's stealing. <laughs> right god considers that exactly. theft yeah oh, it go was ahead, Joe. jacob it was jacob that uh was saying that not abraham okay very cool thanks for looking that up Mm. We like to be very factually accurate on this show. (laughs) (laughs) Very cool. Yeah, good point, Jake. Anything you want to add to that that you were saying? No, no, that was it for me. Okay, cool. (laughs) Nice. Um, Yeah, so, I mean, another quote that I thought was really interesting because even our verse of the week talks about – talks about barns it says you know honor the lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce uh then your barns will be filled your vats will be bursting with wine it's a very agricultural sounding you know and this comes up a lot throughout scripture right the the agricultural aspect of it um and i was really glad that gary demar addressed this you know on on page 296 he said since the economy of israel was basically agricultural the tithe is spoken of in agricultural terms um, end quote. So he kind of addressed that page 296 was a really good page and kind of broke that down. So, cause we hear that language a lot First Samuel chapter eight, we hear a lot of, you know, he'll take a 10th of your flock a 10th of this, you know, all of that kind of stuff. They use that language because of the culture of Israel, right? Israel was a very agricultural uh, culture, society, <laughs> nation. And so they understood that language 
really well. It spoke to them, right? So we need to understand where that was coming from and why God used that specific language. Um, so let's see, page 300. I thought there was a really good quote. And, um, you know, he quoted Matthew 23, verse 23, which says, Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you tithe mint and dill and cumin and have neglected the weightier provisions of the law, justice and mercy and faithfulness. But these are things you should have done without neglecting the others. Again, Matthew 23, 23. Jesus assumes the validity of the tithe along with justice, mercy, and faithfulness, end quote. So, his point here is some people will say, ah, the tithe has been annulled. We're in a new covenant. Now we don't need to tithe anymore. What Jesus is saying here in Matthew 23, 23 is you need to tithe in addition to these other things. You know? <laughs> tithe is not gone, but you're, you're giving money, but you've neglected justice, mercy, and faithfulness. You need those things and you need to tithe, right? It's all important. So I'm glad that Gary DeMar brought that up. And then one final thing before we move on to one of our last topics is a page, a quote from page 303 that says, a nation that fails to honor God through payment of the tithe will incur the curse of God. Deuteronomy 28, verse 1, and also chapter 15. God considers failure to pay the tithe as robbery. And we talked about that before. That's coming from Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 through 12. Again, that's from page 303. Anything you guys want to add to that? Any thoughts before I move on to my second to last topic? Yes, I would like to. Ooh, um, go ahead, Joe. With, with your, the, what did you just say last? Um, considering uh, not paying your taxes are, pay, are yeah, tithe tithing as robbery. As, as robbery. Well, I'd like to add it on to there and with this quote of 292, and it says, in reality, there's no way of avoiding paying the tithe. And that's because Gary DeMar explains on this, on this, um, on the subject that, um, the government is there to essentially take that tithe that the people have refused to pay to God. And so the people are now having to pay to the government, which God has instituted to take essentially take the tithe, or yeah. Uh, yeah, take the tithe from the people because they were not willing to give it to God. Mm, yes, brilliant quote. And um, this is the second or third time you've done this now, but that's actually my next point. So <laughs> nice work, <laughs> segued right into that. There we go. Um, it's like you both can see my notes or something. I don't know. <laughs> I haven't been paying attention to your notes. Oh, wow. All right. Well, it just lined up that way. Nice. All right. (laughs) So, um, yeah, that's that's my next topic that I want to bring up and discuss with you guys is um, the benefits of a tithe rather than a tax. And that quote that Joe just read, I'm going to read it again because it's it's really good. Page 292. In reality, there is no way to avoid paying the tithe. Either we will pay it to God with a willing heart or to the state through coercion. So either God gets a tenth of our money or the state gets usually more than a tenth of our money, right? Because God is fair and just. The state should be and is often not. So we'll often take more than it is actually allowed to take. Um, go ahead, Jake. Okay. All right. Um, so, yeah, I, I, this this is the point that I that I had wanted to bring up. And, um, and I, I just wanted to give, like, almost like a real-world example of this. Ooh, we love and, those. Yeah, 
Yeah, and, and it's it's an obvious real-world example. Like, really, anybody would be able to pull this out. Sweet. But um, Gary DeMar points out that, that if we do not tithe, we will be giving that money elsewhere. Yep. Like taxes. Um, because if the church does not have the tithe to care for the poor, then the federal government steps in and does a terrible job at yes. trying to fix the problem. Yep. Like, in bringing this to a real-world world example here... Um, and backing up my point and saying that it's a terrible job because the federal government in trying to fix the problem of poor, poor people, right? They're just throwing money at them, mm. right? Yeah. Thinking that that's going to help, but, but it's not. And, and yep. we go back yep. to the old adage, which says, give a man a fish and you feed him for a day, <laughs> teach a man to fish and you'll feed him for life. Right. Mm. Oh. You, the, the church and, and this goes back to the church and saying that even when they're taking care of the poor, they're not just throwing money at the poor, right? Because they don't have <laughs> unlimited money to deal with, yeah. right? And they need to be doing it in a correct way, which I think the church would be because yes. the church understands that you're not supposed to be teaching laziness, right. Right? right? They would want to help the people that the poor people that they're trying to help. They would first help them in trying not to be lazy, having them have a job making sure they're able to get money on their own. Maybe giving them a little bit money to start them out, but not not just feeding them money. Yes. And because what, that's not going to fix the what problem. Other, can you imagine, like, what other government, family, civil, or otherwise, has the ability, unique ability, to spread the gospel that way, right? Mm -hmm. To bring mm -hmm. those people in... And while they're giving them money and supporting them and helping them find a job and giving them a work ethic and all of that, also giving them the gospel and a biblical view of life, a biblical worldview, yeah. right? So, I mean, what other, the civil government is certainly not doing that today. You file the paperwork, you send it in and they ship you the money, right? I'm sure it's more complicated than that. But in nowhere in that process are you getting the gospel. Nowhere in that process are you becoming a new creature in Christ who no longer needs the church, right? The goal of the church in doing that is so that the people don't need the church to do that anymore, right? <laughs> like, with the civil government, they don't really care. It's just kind of like, yeah, you kind of got to show that you're trying to get a job, but there's all sorts of ways to get around it because it's highly impersonal. It's not at all like when the church takes care of the poor. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Thanks for bringing that up, Jake. That was That was really good. Um, Joe, you have anything to add before I add one or two more quotes? Um, yeah, sure. I can easily do that. All right. Um, <laughs> another quote that was founded on 293 that I really, really like is that how Gary DeMar was stating that the tithe also diversifies the power and authority. Yes. So instead of having a one world government, a one world idea, <laughs> yep. like we're China's trying to do right now, yeah. we would have different denominations creating their own different charity groups, mm. um, schools, uh, orphanages, so forth and so on. You have a lot of the less money and power to one organization, the more creativity and the more ideas you can have pretty yes. much. Yep. Yep. Yeah, that's a really good point. And, you know, I, I have a quote for that, actually. Um, page 294, so one page after, you know, uh, Gary DeMar said, the tithe, the tithe is not paid to a single entity or a single agency, sorry, is what he said. Entity kind of works too. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. It's not paid to a single agency. If an organization is not using the tithe biblically, 
then the tither, the person providing the tithe money, can remove his support and seek another mm -hmm. worthy work. So he can remove his support, seek another worthy work. The taxpayer has no such freedom. As taxpayers, they take our money. That's it. That's it. You know, <laughs> we don't and have the ability to say no, 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 no. Um, I'm not giving money to that. I'm gonna give money to this instead. Nope. They, think, the think federal it, government takes it anyways. No. Yeah. Think about it. If a church decided they wanted to go LGBT or, huh. or yeah. abortionist, yep. we we can say we're not supporting you, but yes. with our taxpayers' money and. Yeah with taxes right now we we can't say no we're not giving you that money yeah i mean at least in some respect we are able to go to a different state and vote with our feet in a way right like pennsylvania i was paying a state income tax i came here to south dakota and there's no state income tax which is awesome so i get that much more money now to spend at the, just to give to the church right um so you it, it, there's small ways like that where you can you know get that money you you have some choice but not nearly the amount of choice that you do with the tithe so all right um you know what one more quote that i do want to add you know if this is page 299 if the people of god fail to tithe they then transfer the obligation for social financing to another agency usually the state because it has it has the power to enforce the tax if the tithe is operating effectively the state's power authority and influence will diminish considerably end quote so i think that's really important all right anything to add before i move on to our last topic and we have about seven minutes left to do that um the one last quote that i wanted to make is yeah. two, uh, 294 which state or she also states if those in power deny the constitution they were sworn to uphold the taxpayers loses control over his money well pretty much what you're saying okay yeah no absolutely yeah really really good point to bring up for sure i bring um, it up because it stated the constitution right in there and showing that people who didn't are are in office who aren't upholding should really be voted out hmm. yeah good point Good point. Um, so my, my final topic is the enforcement of the tithe. And I didn't come up with these topics. These are directly from Gary DeMar's chapter. So don't think that I at all came up with this. No, this is like, this is straight out of his book. So <laughs> these topics. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the big topics that he talked about was the enforcement of the tithe that I thought was really interesting. And so one quote from page 303 is, there are some laws in the Bible that prohibit certain actions, yet require no civil penalties for noncompliance. For example, the ox is not to be muzzled when he treads out the corn. But there's no penalty civilly. There's no civil penalty if this is not done. So you can look at, uh, check out Deuteronomy 25, verse 4, and then also 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9, and then 1 Timothy 5, 18. I'll say those again, because I want you to actually study this. Actually read, check, check out those verses. Deuteronomy 25, verse 4, 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 9, and 1 Timothy 5, 18. Check those out. Um, and if you have a take on that that you'd like to share with us, Send an email to trdshow at protonmail.com. We'd really like to hear your thoughts on some of this. But, you know, what he's saying is there are some laws that prohibit certain actions. You can't do this. Yet there's no civil, there are no civil penalties for noncompliance, right? So 
it's kind of interesting. And I thought that he tied it in really well to another quote that I want to um, bring up from page 304, pages 304 and 305. He says, the agency that has the power to enforce compliance also has the power to determine who receives the benefits. For example, if the tithe is used for education and the state has power to enforce compliance and also determine who receives the money, the state could support any institution it wished. So that that was really interesting. Yeah, All that's right. that's um I, I think that's very interesting because there are no other than um the Lord condemning it in the Bible, there is no civil there is no civil uh enforcement against someone who doesn't have who puts in the tithe, right? Hmm. Um other than maybe um well no, there is no civil recourse to that, right? Yeah. So I find that interesting. But there there could be church recourse. Yeah. If they notice that you're not tithing, then they'll probably they might do something about that. Yep. You know? Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Joe, is there anything that you would like to add? No, not that I can see on my notes. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that's going to do it for today. Um, thank you all so, so much for listening to us today or watching us. Don't forget, next week, brand new structures coming out. So Monday next week, that is in May, and I don't have the date right here. I'm not going to take the time to find it. So, <laughs> but Are you talking about May 1st? Uh, that might be. Let's just go with that. Let's say that that's next Monday. If that's next Monday, next Monday, oh. then that's the date. <laughs> that next Monday is the second. Is the second. Thank you, Joe. Thank you very much. That is when you will hear our next episode. Okay, so check that out. If you come back on Tuesday and you're like, "What happened? Where'd the show go?" That's that's why it's now three days a week, every other day, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. So join us next week for the new um, show format. Don't forget, we need your emails. Send us emails. We we want them. We want your emails. We want your thoughts. We want all of your thoughts. That's creepy. Don't do that. We want your <laughs> thoughts. <laughs> um, TRDshow at ProtonMail.com is the inbox you can send that to. We'd love to hear from you. We've got topics, yes, but we want to hear topics from you as well. So thank you so much for watching. Don't forget to like, subscribe, do all the things that lets us know you liked it. Follow us on our Gap page. Follow us on Getter. And we will see you in the next episode. And remember, everyone, in all that you do, do as unto the Lord.